Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 28 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Our main story today, the question of whether healthy people should wear masks to protect from COVID-19 has been surprisingly hard to answer. Even as more places adopt widespread mask use, health agencies can't agree on their official recommendations. The shifting rules around covering our faces have made it harder to trust authorities about what will control the spread of the virus. But first, here's what happened today. New York State reported its largest increase in coronavirus deaths on Tuesday. Even so, there are signs that infection rates in New York are leveling off. The number of new cases reported has steadily dropped since Friday's peak. The United Kingdom also reported a record number of deaths in a single day. But in China, for the first time since the pandemic emerged in December, the country said it had no new deaths. The Chinese government formally ended the lockdown in Wuhan, the city where the outbreak first emerged. After 76 days, the strict measures imposed to combat the virus have been lifted. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says Congress's next stimulus bill to prop up the U.S. economy will be at least another $1 trillion. On a private conference call with Democrats, the Speaker said the package would focus on replenishing funds for programs. Those funds had been established in Congress's $2.2 trillion virus relief bill, which was signed into law last month. Pelosi said there should be additional direct payments to individuals, extended unemployment insurance, more resources for food stamps, and more funds for the payroll protection plan that provides loans to small businesses. Now for today's main story. U.S. health officials and the World Health Organization are sending conflicting signals on the value of wearing masks in public. At the start of the coronavirus outbreak, the world's leading health authorities told the public that there was no need for masks unless you were ill or looking after someone who was. But after more studies suggested people without symptoms could be spreading the virus, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recently changed their guidelines, suggesting people cover their faces to help slow transmission. The World Health Organization, though, held back from making the same recommendation. The confusion over face masks is just one more example of how our understanding of the virus and how to fight against it is constantly changing. As London-based Bloomberg News reporter James Payton explains, this changing messaging makes it hard for the public to know 
what information to take seriously. It also presents challenges in persuading people to change their behavior to help prevent future pandemics. The streets of London or New York today look much different than they did even a week ago. Lots of people have their faces covered. Some wear commercial surgical masks, others improvise with bandanas or sew their own. A few even sport the coveted N95 masks that are in such short supply among healthcare providers. What's clear is that something has changed in these cities. Until recently, few people wore masks in public. What's not clear is how much they help outside of hospitals and clinics. The WHO and CDC are now at odds over whether everyone should wear masks. Dr. Anthony Fauci is America's top medical expert on the coronavirus. He recently appeared on Fox News to say even simple coverings could make a difference, especially for those situations when you're at the grocery store or pharmacy, for instance, and it's difficult to stay six feet away from others. Because of some recent information that the virus can actually be spread even when people just speak as opposed to coughing and sneezing, the better part of valor is that when you're out and you can't maintain that six-foot distance to wear some sort of facial covering. Health officials say basic masks won't protect you if you're healthy, but they worry that if you are infected and don't show any signs of sickness, you could unwittingly spread the disease. A number of countries and cities around the world have already embraced the idea of wearing masks in public. Czech citizens have been ordered to wear masks outside their homes, and officials from New York to Los Angeles have instructed residents to cover up. Meanwhile, the WHO is still urging people to wear masks if they show symptoms or they're taking care of those who are ill. The shifting recommendations are coming as scientists race to understand the virus and how it spreads. A study published last week in the journal Nature showed that flat surgical face masks reduce the droplets released from the nose and mouth into the air. And there are some indications the widespread wearing of masks could have helped lower transmission and outbreaks of other respiratory illnesses, such as SARS and influenza. While a scientific consensus has yet to emerge, the research in support of face masks is growing. But while health officials are pushing this message that everyone should wear masks, it also could create new problems. Scott Gottlieb is a former Food and Drug Administration commissioner. He points to one debate around wearing a mask. Even if it can cut down on transmission, it's likely a lot of people will use it incorrectly and still potentially spread the virus. They'll reuse the mask. If they have a mask on, they're going to be more apt to touch their face. And so that's why health professionals say, well, masks in the general population don't really reduce the risk because most people aren't going to wear it right. They're going to wear one mask for a whole week. They're not going to change it. It's going to get moist. It's going to get contaminated. When they have the mask on, they're going to be constantly adjusting it. And that's going to increase the risk that they transmit infection because a lot of the transmission is through touching of contaminated surfaces and then touching your face. But the value of the mask, the real substantial value is in cutting the risk of transmission. So when you have a virus like this, where a lot of the transmission is asymptomatic people, if you mandate that they wear masks when they go out, it's going to cut their risk of giving the infection to you. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. 
Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Another risk is that promoting masks will give the public a false sense of protection that would encourage them to go out more and abandon physical distancing. Health authorities also discourage wearing masks out of fear that people would hoard them. That could worsen shortages for doctors, nurses, and other healthcare workers, even if authorities aren't recommending the highly protective surgical-grade products that are scarce and used in hospitals. Wearing masks to limit disease transmission is a common practice in many Asian countries. It took off during the SARS epidemic of 2003, and health authorities there say wearing masks can make a real difference. Widespread mask use was cited as one of the reasons Hong Kong limited the number of coronavirus cases and deaths. Now the CDC is following Asia's lead. Officials say masks do help limit that transmission, and to solve the issue of shortages, have emphasized that the type of masks ordinary people wear need not be hospital-grade. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio ordered the city's residents to cover their face with just about anything last week. Let's be clear. This is a face covering. Again, we'll talk about the details in a moment, but it could be a scarf. Uh, it could be something you create yourself at home. It could be a bandana. It does not, not need to be a professional uh, surgical mask. In fact, we don't want you to use uh, the kinds of masks that our first responders need. Scott Gottlieb, the former FDA commissioner, put together a roadmap for escaping the crisis with several other experts, published by the American Enterprise Institute, the conservative think tank. They suggest everyone, including those without symptoms, should cover up. Gottlieb says we just need to get over our discomfort with the idea. Introducing the mask as you lift those shelter-in-place orders might be a good way to have a slow transition towards you know, people going out again. And we might become a culture going forward where the wearing of masks in public um, you know, is more common. I, I think we might have made a mistake by shaming the use of masks at the outset as heavily as we did. A lot of people have masks at home right now. They bought masks, they have them, they've had them for a long time, and they're reluctant to wear them because they, you know, they were shamed into not wearing them. So they, they have something that could potentially be affording them a certain degree of protection and they're not even using it. And so I think we need to rethink how we... Um, how we think about masks, how we talk about masks with consumers, how we educate consumers to use masks appropriately, because on the margin, they're probably incrementally helpful when used appropriately in the right setting. If wearing masks in public places where it's difficult to maintain a distance is a prudent way to help slow the spread of the coronavirus, it begs the question, should we have been wearing them all along? The director of the Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention, George Gao, told the journal Science last month he believes America and Europe were making a big mistake by not telling the public to wear masks during the widening epidemic. That suggests we could look back on this as a missed opportunity. For now, there's likely to be more confusion over mask wearing. Maybe the best advice is just wear something over your face when you go out. As New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said last week, it couldn't hurt, assuming you keep your guard up. You'll probably have plenty of company, what would have drawn stares in the U.S. or Europe just a few weeks ago is increasingly normal.
That was James Payton in London. And that's it for the Prognosis Daily Edition. For more on the pandemic from our bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the podcast, please take a moment to rate us and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is hosted by me, Laura Carlson. The show is produced by me, Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, and Magnus Henriksen. Additional reporting by James Payton. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Francesca Levy and Rick Schein. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth, and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast In Trust on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.